This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to Melro 210. Put on your sunscreen and remain indoors, everybody, because this is our quarantine sideshow that we're doing to keep you sane and, more importantly, us sane while we uh, enter week 45 of this quarantine. <laughs> Failure. Failure. You know, Failure. Uh, I don't know if uh, Melrose Place slash 90210 podcast is a way to keep sane necessarily. <laughs> but you know what, point. dude? Have you ever been insanely horny? Because that's what this is doing. <laughs> uh, so I am joined. Uh, my name is Steven Sadak. I am joined with the whole gang, uh, Andrew Jupin, Chris Yo! Cabin, Whoa. and Eric Siska. We are Hi, talking Steve. about... This is Thursday, so we're talking about Melrose Place. This is episode two, Friends and Lovers, Erotic. Um, <laughs> and it aired in July 15th in 1992, which does, uh, I didn't do my math, uh, my homework last time. So this show did premiere while, uh, during Beverly Hills 902, would always do the summer uh, like a little summer season of like the kids fucking in the summer, and uh, you would get new episodes like in the middle of the summer. Yes, this is yeah, this is July, dude. Yeah, because that's why I think Jake was around, and it's obviously tying into that, and the beach club is involved clearly. Right. Uh, so well, this, I think because it's it's like what Steve Sanders makes some offhanded remark about the beach club. Exactly. You got to talk about that fucking beach club. <laughs> So I like yeah, the, uh, I like the original name of this episode. Your fucking friends. <laughs> Everybody's fucking. Yo, Everybody's fucking. Uh, yeah. So this episode also starts like the last one because it's poorly written with everyone waking up. Dude, it is just a bit too much. I have to say. Well, that's the thing is without the high school kind of structure of this show of, of like what to do with characters it's pretty clear early on they don't know what to do with anybody absolutely but you know what you can like try doing in your second episode is maybe have them start at a lunch break <laughs> yeah <laughs> like this starts with allison just bitching about like oh my coffee's too strong billy like fuck you make your own then i, I but- guess i guess they're trying to be like when are people going to congregate at their home well in the morning before they leave for the day i guess is the idea but the the way this is all set up, it feels like a college quad, and it's like this should it, be a college show. It does. It, it it should be a college show, and it is very college. And I would move the fuck out because again, like I can't be dealing with neighbors, and I don't want people popping in and just kind of congregating outside of my home. Get out of here. Yeah, right outside the front door is a big problem. And I'll say it's interesting because similarly in the sitcom world, you had things like Seinfeld and Friends, where people were popping in. During the week, like before breakfast, like before they would go to work, like you remember there'd be those episodes of Seinfeld where they're like talking and then it's like, well, I got to go to work. And I'm like, what fucking time is it? (laughs) Or like everybody was always going over to Monica and Rachel's apartment for breakfast. And I'm like, what time are you assholes getting up in the morning? Exactly. Well, better wake up at 5 a.m. So I could just (laughs) casually have a large bowl of cereal at Monica's house. You're just popping in at six in the morning or something. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, at least here. it's Sorry, I, what, I spilled sp- seltzer. This is oh, a problem. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You can Ooh. see. Can you I, hear anything? No. Uh, I could hear whatever fell. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Um, sure. <laughs> it's crazy how similar this is to the real life experience of doing this podcast. Yeah. And right down to the spills and thrills. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, dude, that fucking electric guitar is farting up a storm. Imagine we just heard Steve get electrocuted to death. So was it all on your pants or what? <laughs> no, it was no, just right on the computers where you uh, want it. Uh, it's not like I'm using my computer for anything these days. <laughs> Very expendable item. Okay, so we were talking about all this is bullshit, and I w- I, I don't want to see anybody but my wife before fucking like eight a.m. Oh my god, I don't even want to see my cats before well, eight o'clock in the guys, morning. But remember, like, we're Chris. We're old, olden men at this point, and uh-huh. if you're young, sexy. Uh, how old are they supposed to be? I don't know. Like, that well, that's the big question that's going to keep coming up, especially in fucking Jailbird Jake's fucking whatever. Well, somewhere between yeah. twenty three and thirty eight. Yeah, there there are <laughs> oh, there are varying ages. But like, I will say this: Jake has a good reason to be getting out and getting angry in the squad, and Mike essentially abdicating his responsibilities. This is an excuse just to have the shirt shirtless wet Jake. That's oh, all this yeah. is. It's just I appreciate a wet it. argument. I really appreciate. It. I do appreciate that, and I hope they do more of it as the show continues. There are, <laughs> dude. Listen, I will tell you right now. There are seven seasons worth of wet arguing for this show. Okay, then, it is not the last. Right. You've so seen this it. moment is Jake comes out of his place in just a towel, and he's furious that um, the, apparently the plumbing in the place. If anyone flushes the toilet in the entire complex, it it'll like uh, burn you in the shower type of thing. And he freaks out, and Michael is like, what do you want from me? I'm also a doctor. And I'm like, yeah, dude, don't be both. Don't be a landlord and a fucking doctor. Exactly. This arrangement is unnatural, Michael. Mm-hmm. And we need like we need whatever the side thing is where Michael's like, all right, I'm going to admit to you right now, uh, Mr. J is my uncle. Yes. And I'm indebted to him for whatever reason, <laughs> and I have to fucking do this whole thing. Because otherwise, dude, give up the ghost. Let uh, fucking Jake be the super. I'm going to be honest with you. Mr. J is also me. It's my third <laughs> job. I have third jo- I'm a doctor. I manage this complex, and I own this complex. <laughs> I do not understand it. Like Again, Michael, you're f- I want to see their books. I want to see what is going into this house and what's coming out. Because I think you don't need to be a super. I'm almost positive. I'm pretty sure Jane can still work at the boutique, and your fucking doctor's salary <laughs> is more than enough. Jake is unemployed. Fucking give him the job of well, the goddamn handyman. I think they tr- they try to highlight this in some way here when when the doctor I don't know these character names are, is talking with his lady friend there and uh, he- Michael and Jane. So Michael's talking to Jane and Michael's saying how like, oh, you know, everyone's like bored at the hospital and like some of the younger doctors are praying for a catastrophe. Very interesting thing to hear right now. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I will be honest, that line fucking chilled my bones. I was like, oh, you're bored, huh? How about all the patients in the world? (laughs) Exactly. There is a fucking great line, though, where Michael's being a piece of shit and Jake goes, you got a bad attitude, man. 
<laughs> the delivery from Grant Show was uh, quite quite fantastic. Right I, there, I right? love so. you've got a bad attitude, man. So he's like, yeah, Jake, I'll fucking fix it tomorrow after I uh, after I do two heart surgeries, do my video store shift, and then come back and wait tables for a little while. Uh, whoops! Oh, I also have to talk uh, to my wife and reminisce about uh, the exact moment we fell in love. I that's have, our story arc. I have to blow this. So this dude blows it so bad because yep. you know Jane is. Be- you know, it's the morning. She's being really nice. She's like, you know, I remember when we first fell in love, and you know, I broke one of my heels, and you had a foot fetish. And you grabbed the other one and <laughs> put it in your mouth. You huffed no, it hard. <laughs> Heard you picked sc- up that shoe. You jammed your nose right into it. <laughs> well, no, the, the thing is, uh, they were at a party, a wild party, it seems. Uh, she broke her heel, and he's like, oh, I could fix that for you. It breaks the other heel. And she's like, oh, that's a cute line. And then I fell in love with you right away. When did you fall in love with me? And he's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Radio silence. <laughs> Come man it's like dude it's like you're on fucking family feud man you just need to say anything because the timer is running out the, the, the restaurant what what, what are you talking about? the restaurant that's what that's when it happened it happened yeah. to the restaurant mm-hmm. which restaurant are you ta- the restaurant that's the place that <laughs> exactly happened. i don't remember oh, i don't remember the name of the place but you just looked so beautiful that night and the light just hit you right i don't even remember the name of the place because all i could think about was you and that's, you're out of this conversation yeah exactly that song was playing oh i don't remember which one <laughs> but yeah just like come on show me something Alli- you know what allison or uh you know what jane at first i thought there was a beautiful song playing but as it turned out that sweet music was just the beating of your heart <laughs> really creepy. Oh, yeah. maybe he's a doctor with this desiccoscope or whatever on her. Oh, that's true. Also, a little, a little cold. We do get a timeline. They met two years ago, and they're already married. So I guess they used to be Amish. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Got it. I don't know. Was, at some point, she was knocked up. It was Rumspringa, and he's a <laughs> well, he's an Amish doctor, so he like doesn't know any modern medicine. It's just like setting bones with a piece of wood. Well, I well, can uh, cobble your high heels for you, English. <laughs> the thing is, is before he became a doctor, he was a detective, and he went to an Amish place to be. Uh, to find the killers, uh, and he fell in love with Jane, an Amish woman who had a boy, Lucas Haas. Got it, got it, got uh, it. And uh, he stayed there. She went away. This is all much more interesting, by the way, because fucking Jane doesn't even make it to the boutique in this episode. She does not. She just kind of pouts and is upset. I mean, and again, like, she's an incredibly good looking woman, always wants to have sex with this dude, and this guy is just too tired from all of his jobs. That is that is him through and through until he, bec- until he becomes an evil psycho, I think, in, episode, in season two. Yeah, well, I would. I was going to say, though, just like I said last time, get used to Jane fucking sulking because that's the character. <laughs> yeah, that's all she does. <laughs> uh, uh, and then we have over in, I guess, Allison and Billy's apartment, uh, there's uh, she's still freaking out about the situation with Hal uh, from the pilot. She's worried that Hal is going to fire her over the sexual harassment situation. And which they yeah. they diffuse that really quickly. I don't know if it's coming back or not, but it was just sort of like, why even bring it up again if it's just going to be so easily diffused? Well, yeah, and we could just like go through yeah. there. We can. I feel like the way to do this, by the way, guys, is is just the threads. Yeah, all that's at once. the way to make it work. Sure. Um, and that's and the funny thing is that's pretty much Michael and and Jane's fucking line. And then he thinks of something at the end of the episode to tell her, yeah. and then they fuck. No, he's like, oh, you know, I just, you know, I don't remember the first time I fell in love with you. I just remember 
loving you every day. Each day is so important. Aww. Every day, blah, blah, blah. That- and it takes him three and a half days to come up with this answer. <laughs> That's the best he could do. 72 hours. <laughs> he had to like go on WikiHow on how to be married and like figure this shit out. <laughs> it's got pictures illustrating each moment. Like, this is you saying the nice thing. And it's got like a little drawing of a cartoon face <laughs> talking. He's calling his mother and he's like, Mom, do you remember last that, that Christmas last Christmas when I brought Jane back? Did I do anything nice with her? <laughs> anything. Like I, I could use anything here, buddy. Ever since I was hit in the head with kicked in the head by that horse, I don't have <laughs> my memory's not so great. Oh, back in Amish country, we got kicked. Of course, in the head with it all, all stands. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, the thing with Allison and Hal is diffused immediately, and I don't believe they go back to it because she fucking goes in. She's like, hey, Hal, uh, I'm gonna, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to fucking call you out on this. I don't care if I get fired. I'm going ahead, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, okay, fine. And then some woman comes out, and she's like, oh, did you hear the good news? Hal's getting sued for sexual harassment by some other girl. He's going down. I don't think they told the guy who played Hal that this was happening. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, man, seasoned villain, here I come. Yeah, because yep. he he's acting like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead and try to try to fucking sue me for sexual harassment. We'll see how that goes. And, he, and then a minute later, oh, he's getting fired. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it must have been a thing where they were just like, you know what? We wrote this into the pilot, and you know now that we're we're picked up for a season here, you know, there's nothing sexy about sexual harassment, and we want this to be a sexy show. Yeah, that sounds so, about right. So let's just quickly course correct and get Hal out of here. I'm looking him up now, Sherman Howard, to see if he comes back. Oh. Yeah, doing some math here, dude. <laughs> Does he do a Columbia necktie? No. <laughs> nope, that's it. It's two episodes and goodbye, Hal. Another, I think this is probably, like, obviously the pilot was the pilot, so, like, a lot of things change no matter what. So I think the similarly... Um, with Billy, Billy is like in that first episode, ah, I'm going to be a dance instructor while I do my writing. But then they were like, oh, actually, that sucks. We need to give him something else to do. This is like, really bizarre that he just suddenly becomes a taxi driver out of nowhere. And he it, now I've never seen the show. So does he get like a series of new jobs all the time, like a Homer Simpson type of thing? I think he eventually becomes an actual writer of sorts. Or um, he work Doesn't he work? He works at an th- advertising agency. That's right. Yeah, he because it's. um. I believe it's the one that Allison works for, that Heather Locklear eventually... That's exactly right. They all work in one big office. Yeah. All I know is that in the next episode, he takes Sybil Shepard out to this really bad date. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. Plenty plenty of people bring bring people to these movies. No, it's fine. (laughs) That fucking Swedish marriage sex porno thing that he brings her to, it's amazing. Go see Taxi Driver, kids. It's a great movie. It's out now. <laughs> it is, it's streaming. It is, it is certainly out now. Uh, so, yeah, it's like he gets this job as a cab driver. Also, like, kind of fast. Like, I yes. feel like with with cab drivers like that, it takes a little while. He's like, yeah, I'm my own boss. I do this and that. And then immediately over the radio, it's like, hey, Rieger, <laughs> you got to get that cab down to such and such. You got to pick. And I'm like, you're not your own it's boss. It's the same dude. morning. It's like, oh, man, that coffee uh, was too was too strong. I, I, I wonder what job I can have. Better fucking become a cab driver and have my cab the same morning. <laughs> I'm a cab driver at Sexy Cab, where we only have sexy fucking fares. Absolutely. And he makes a deal with Allison. 
before they leave for, you know, to start the day or whatever. Uh, she says she wants to paint the apartment. And he's like, all right, well, you know, I'll... Uh, Oh no! This is he goes to Allison's work. Yes, because after this woman is like, "Oh, Hal got is gonna you know go down for this or whatever." By the way, your cab is here, and she's like, "What? What? What?" And there's Billy like outside, and the, you know he shows her the cab or whatever, and he gets a call to go pick somebody up, and she's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna paint the apartment," you know, because he's like, "Oh, we should celebrate my job," and so she's gonna get the paint. He says, "I'll bring the beer." I'm just gonna mm. interrupt you at work, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Asshole. You know Fuck what? You. We Billy? are roommates. I could barely get enough of you at home. Exactly. I am really okay. Yeah. It's Billy, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that it? yeah. Okay. So he goes, you know, uh, Danny DeVito radios him that he's got to go pick somebody up. And uh, he goes and winds up finding uh, Jensen Daggett is the actress's name. She was the lead in Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan. She was the lead. <laughs> she, she also, and, she's such a, uh, a 90s-esque actress. I think it's the curly hair that does it. You know what I mean? Like a real... She was in. Uh, I'm looking at this like she's she was in a, a couple episodes of The Single Guy, if you could oh, believe man. it. Oh, that totally checks. And when out. you see somebody that's like really similarly the same age and range as one of the lead characters in the second episode of a show, you know they auditioned for any of the lead characters and just didn't get it. I think what we have here is a clear cut case of Jensen Daggett guest starring uh, on episode two of Melrose Place. Having many of her scenes alongside Allison, the character she definitely auditioned for. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Look, she's just not as charming as Olivia Diabo, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so they hit it off like eerily. You know, he's driving her and just talking about like LA and how great it is to live in LA or whatever. Uh, and then it's like, dude, this creepiest thing where she's like, you look like Bruce Springsteen. And he's like, oh, the boss? Really? You think I look like the boss? Oh, my goodness. And she's, and you know, he's like, oh, I just saw the boss at the Coliseum a couple of years ago. Tenth album, no Tenth album, no Yeah, come on, sing with me. The, the impression is like dead on. <laughs> It's it might be the meanest impression on this show, but this guy sucks anyway. Oh, by the way, I just remembered there's a hidden joke in in between all the taxi stuff. Is his car is fifty four? Oh yeah, that's for oh, your dad, dude. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, your dad who's stuck watching this because of your mom. <laughs> Andrew, can I ask you? Uh, do you remember if Elizabeth Shue ever shows up in this show? I that's don't. A great question. I don't know. Not that I saw. I can't be certain. Yeah, her but... and Billy date. <laughs> oh no, I'm a fuck with my sister. Oh, uh -oh. Allison, I can't date you. I'm dating my sister currently. We're what doing a, a pilot for Pornhub. <laughs> what a mess I found myself in, having sex with my sister. Well, the weird thing about him and her, specifically him v. Elizabeth Shue, aside from her being much better at acting, is she doesn't have this like trash East Coast accent that he clearly has that he's trying his best. He, he'll say like the boss or like yeah, uh, yeah just a, a lot of that stuff he just didn't wasn't and i have a trash new york accent as well i mean yes uh i also do but i think it's a thing maybe she just does a better job at covering it up yes uh and this she's she never appeared on melrose place don't well but you remember her in back to the future saying i got to see my wedding dress <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm old. <laughs> so they hit it off immediately. She's going to the valley. It's like, well, just fight. And he's like doing this thing, which is something that creeps me out, which I hate about cabs anyway. It's like, I can find it. And I'm like, no, dude, we're not finding it together. Either you know where the address <laughs> is or I'm getting in another cab. Dude, it's awful. And like, you know, back in 1992, like I can kind of understand it, even though like you should know your way around the city if you're given cross streets. But like in 2020, and this has happened like in this year, I've gotten into a cab before the world dried up and, you know, I get in and it's like, take me to so and so. And it's like, oh, sure. How do I get there again? And I'm like, dude, I immediately want to fucking get out of the car. Yep, absolutely. I don't have time for it. No, oh, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I know. Yeah, Lincoln Center. It's in Cleveland, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Allison comes home. She's got all this paint. She's excited to hang out with Billy. But uh oh, Billy has brought a girl, this girl home. And this is kind of this is like the main story of the. This would be the A story, I guess, because it gets a lot of attention, yeah. a big time. It's almost like unbalanced. I mean, you know, and you wind up getting this now that everyone's sort of quote-unquote introduced but like there are the uh you know there are some characters who don't have any time at all like you know poor Rhonda has almost nothing uh this episode uh for example but this I feel like is the heavy hitter storyline of the episode and I don't even understand it really Allison's really bent out of shape by uh Billy having a girl over and it's like you knew this from the start that, That's that it. He would, that he would bring girls over. Well, I think you're supposed to start to suspect she may be uh, getting feelings for Billy. Is the idea? But but if you're going to do that, it has that has to be the end of the episode. You can't still have the fucking you know wool over your eyes at the end of the episode of like, oh no, she's still saying yeah, she's not into him, not really, no, no, no. Well, you right. got to drag this shit out, dude. You got 26 episodes uh, to fill or whatever. Yeah, totally, dude. This is a fucking nighttime soap opera, my friends. We drag things out till they uh, are almost dead already. Well, I mean, and also Billy's not, like, it's kind of a tug, a tug of war between who's in the wrong here because in some ways, like, it's totally fine for Billy to bring a girl home, but you kind of got to go in your bedroom. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's kind fair. of, that's what you got to do. But also Allison's like freaking the fuck out, even though this woman even exists, which is creepy. He, he's in his bedroom for most of it to be fair yeah that's fair and she's just like creepily putting a glass up against the fucking door <laughs> dude yeah she gets caught right there and like he's so dumb he doesn't even realize like what's going on because she's like she's right fucking there and like uh, listening uh, to you them looking for door water <laughs> <laughs> oh the door water ran out Allison. you can't get anymore but that's i mean it's pretty much what happens because he opens the door and he's like, oh, Allison, what are you doing here? And then she goes, oh, I was just going to the bathroom. And he's like, oh, okay, very good. <laughs> Carry on. It's <laughs> just like, dude, clearly she was listening to you mess around with this chick, man. Come on. And uh, they don't, like, and she's like, oh, did you, do you need, are you going to use a condom? And he's like, well, of I thought I would use a condom. And it's like, you, this is not the conversation right now, by the way. Absolutely not. I, uh, I, I lived with Eric and Chris, and never once did we ever talk about safe sex. It's nobody's <laughs> business. <laughs> it's like, dude, you want to fucking, fucking roll the dice? Enjoy it. Oh, my God. Steve's in there with a lady. Or is he using a condom or what? <laughs> I better put a glass up to the door. <laughs> I better put a glass up to the door to see if I can hear a condom being unwrapped. <laughs> oh, hey, Eric, how's it going? What are you listening to? 
door water? <laughs> oh, Steve, I was just going to the bathroom uh, to shower. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> then the next morning, I will say, what's her, the, the, the girlfriend here? Marcy. Marcy oversteps her bounds when she's Big like, time. hey, can I borrow your deodorant, Allison? And I'm like, get the flying fuck out of here. That is fucked up. Dude, it's like, oh, absolutely you can, Marcy. It is, uh, you know where I left it? Right out by the pool. <laughs> and she goes out to get it, and you fucking lock yeah. that door. And a giant net falls on her. <laughs> I just wanted a shot of Allison taking the deodorant like Vito, Vigo Mortensen with the glasses and green book and putting it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, no, I mean, like your options when you crash, when you crash at someone's place or sleep with somebody, the deodorant options the next morning are whomever you're sleeping with, period. Yeah. Or or you're not having deodorant that day. Or That's just it. Absolutely. go home. Yes. You you live in a driving city. No one's going to smell you on public transit. Yeah, or your new boyfriend's a cab driver. How about get a ride? There you go. <laughs> uh, oh, I got to take you to the deodorant store now. They're going crazy. <laughs> oh, we're taking a cab to deodorant the rough, I guess. Okay. <laughs> it's too much commitment for Billy. <laughs> Well, again, like again, b- me being in Allison's corner for most of this episode, like she comes home uh, with these fucking cans of paint, and here's this woman. Uh, she's like lit all these candles, and there's music on, and she's like, "Oh, hey, Allison, what are you doing here?" And yeah. she's like, "Well, I do live here," and she's like, "Oh, well, yeah, sorry, Billy went out to the grocery store. We're gonna have dinner or whatever." And then, like the second he comes home, she's like, "Hey." How about some fucking instead? <laughs> and like the, he leaves the bag of groceries yeah. right in the doorway while they go to have sex. Well, I get where Allison's coming from, but she knew what she was getting into with this guy. That first episode, he was a nightmare. <laughs> exactly. The whole peanut butter conversation was a big problem, and it was a red fucking flag. Gigantic exactly. red flag. He screams Mimbo. You have to know this is a danger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every week, it's going to be somebody else. He's going to fall in love with her and then break their heart, and then people are going to be fucking people are going to be like breaking into your house and stuff you know it's going to go that way (laughs) i also love um the allison will she won't she go to the paint store (laughs) they they, a lot of ink is spilled this episode on her going to the paint store and i'm like fucking show it i want to see her at a paint store (laughs) oh yeah i want to paint these wall these the white walls a little whiter (laughs) Mm -hmm. i better go to the paint store (laughs) And when you see them painting at the end of the episode, she's just kind of picked this like custard yellow. Yes, it's not a not a life changer. No, um, uh, you, she does have an awkward crossover with the uh, Jane and Michael storyline though, because she's like furious about all the fucking, and she goes over to their apartment to be like, "Yeah, boy, Billy and his new girlfriend. It's getting pretty serious, I guess. Wow, this is annoying. By the way, can I sleep here?" <laughs> Yeah, the answer is no. I mean, well, actually, Michael is like, thank God, a fucking a third person to distract from my horror of being a husband. Like, yeah, 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 let's watch a movie. Let's hang out. But she's only making it worse, though, because she's like, oh, boy, Jane, I wish I had everything as great as you and Michael do. Yeah, that's a good point. Jane's like. Girl, if I had fucking 10 minutes alone with you right now, you would hear some shit about I asked this dumbass the easiest question in the world and he fucking beefed on it. I mean, I also need to see, like, for for the hell that 
Allison is saying she's going through. I need to see like the room shaking. I need to hear long. <laughs> yes. I need to hear yes. Billy trying to sing along to Sade. <laughs> I, I need stuff me, like that. Call me the boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, my homework's a little late today. Is there anything we could do to figure it out? And she's like, oh, God, kill me, kill me, kill me. <laughs> uh, oh, Billy also has that weird fucking fantasy. Uh, well, so they go to, uh, it, it, it's like things are going okay with him and her. She She's coming on a little strong and he's okay with it. But then uh, there's the your classic Miller's Place beat, uh, pool barbecue thing. And Billy's working the grill, and uh, Marcy is going up to everyone, telling them exactly how he fucks. By the way, this is really uncomfortable, and you can see all the people, like you know, all the other tenants, being like, "Well, I didn't want to know this, <laughs> but now that I do, it's information worth storing away." So, uh, Marcy, what do you do? Well, Billy ate my ass last night. Uh, okay, uh, thank you. That's great uh, news. But you've got like you've got like Rhonda and Sandy like. Oh my god. And Billy is hearing all of it and this is when he does a fantasy where it's Marcy on the Dr. Ruth show. Wow. This is this is like straight up sitcom shit. It's so out of place in this episode. It looks like, like this, these these shows shouldn't do this. It looks like the setting from a talk show in the Beetlejuice world. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Dearly Hello. beloved. <laughs> I am Dr. Ruth, and today's show is being hosted straight from hell. <laughs> she, Dr. Ruth definitely fucked around that with that little priest, dude. That's for sure. Ooh. Oh, totally. They're definitely the same height. <laughs> she they? died, right? No, she's alive, dude. I checked today. Oh, really? She's yeah. 91 or something. She's not in hell yet. Today <laughs> we talk about the sex life of sandworm. <laughs> Are they getting enough of it? Discuss. All right, if you want to have sex, what you need to do is draw a door on your wall, open the door, and have sex with whoever comes through. <laughs> if it's a sandworm, it's a sandworm. If it's a football team, reality football team. Hmm, the handbook for the recently laid. <laughs> <laughs> and Dude, I, I to... cannot stress this enough, okay? When you look at yourself in the mirror, you are getting ready to have sex. You say to yourself three times, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> Oh, then a condom demon appears <laughs> and has fun antics. Those are the sandworms, dude. They're the same shape. Hey, babe, it's me, the Trojan. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Billy, you going to wrap it up? <laughs> I mean, uh, we got some magnums, but they're not going to fit over some sandworms. I'm going to tell you what. I really do it at Beetlejuice 2, or is that, I mean, like, the world is, the world has stopped in general, but I, and I think Beetlejuice 2 might uh, fall through the cracks, but I think it sounded gonna, like it was going to happen. I don't, I think we're going to all be living in the Beetlejuice world at the end of this. Got I it. thought I just saw a sandworm going outside right now, actually. <laughs> That's actually how it feels when you go out, like, for a walk, is, like, you walk out, and, like, it's a bunch of sand, and you come back, and it's night somehow. Like, what the fuck yeah. happened? I think my my house is yeah. It's that disembodied door floating about ten feet in the air. I went grocery shopping. and My wife said I was gone for two days. <laughs> I am experiencing missing time. I will tell you that much. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean that's he has a fantasy about like her just like kind of ruining everything. And Doctor Ruth, it's totally useless. It doesn't. It's not funny, fun, or move the plot forward. But it's like I, I guess they were, they were just like we can get. They were looking for any guest star to get this episode going. Like, I don't know, Dr. Ruth? 
All right, we got the list of potential guest stars here for the second episode of a television show nobody knows anything about. Uh, Mr. T, uh, Dr. Ruth, that's another good one, maybe. Uh, we've got uh, a Dick Butkus, sure. <laughs> Any kind of football kind of situation you Melrose kids might find yourselves in? Uh, uh, John Madden said no already. We got uh, Dr. Ruth's uh, non-union equivalent, uh, Sally Esquire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, like, obviously things are going way too fast for him. She says, I love you at some point. And and he's like, yeah, this this has got to stop. It's too early, right? I mean, that's another part of this episode is she's being like too clingy because they just met, basically. Like, yeah, I mean, it's one thing like, hey, he's not trying to. And that's the thing is Billy's not trying to hit it and quit it. He's like, he wants to date her, but like it's going a little little nutso here, I think. I mean, when they have the confrontation, he's finally like, all right, hey, we got to slow up. I got to talk to you about stuff. Of course, right out here in the public area of Melrose Place. Well, that's Uh, only because he goes to Jake. He's like, Jake, what am I supposed to do here? And he's like, I don't know, Billy, maybe tell her what you think about things he's like that's fucking crazy (laughs) you know i came to shooters to try to get some advice from you and this is what i get stuck with tell the truth thanks a lot jake this shows how deranged billy is because he orders a beer there and he buys one for jake and he has like two sips of his and he just leaves it's it's crazy especially like i a like being uh, stuck in my house and missing bars very much i'm like fucking enjoy it and jake's like hey Am I breaking her? He's like, nah, Jake. I think I better take care of the th- right now. I'm like, no, fucking have a have a game with Jake, dude. That's all I want. Totally <laughs> shoot some pool, have a beer. He was splitting the beer with uh, Peter Boyle. Uh, <laughs> you gotta, you know, buddy up sometimes. Yeah, the wizard, dude. <laughs> uh, you know what I hate about these? Oh no, <laughs> edited, <laughs> edited for television. <laughs> Peter Boyle is edited out of this episode. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so whatever. Yeah, they, they have their confrontation by the pool. He's like, this is going too fast. She does this thing. Where it's like, oh, I always do this. I'm like, are you in, do you need help, miss? Like, yeah, maybe she'll come back. I mean, I checked. She doesn't come back, but she could theoretically come back in like later's, later Melrose Place and like, you know, burn the building down or something. <laughs> That'd be nice. I'd like that. Um, so that's kind of it. I mean, like, Allison and Billy kind of make up and they're like, oh, I guess, you know, we're just going to have to deal with us, you know, being with each other or whatever. Let's paint our fucking apartment, I guess, a little bit whiter. Well, and they also, I mean, they push the needle even further toward them getting together because, you know, they're both like, you know, when we have problems, we should be able to come and talk to each other about these problems. And they're like, as friends, yes, definitely as friends. And I'm like, all right, better luck next week fucking each other's brains out. <laughs> hey, Alpha, uh, when you were listening on the door, did that do anything for you? <laughs> did you did you hear what I can do? Did you did you listen to or talk about all the stuff I do in the bedroom? <laughs> yeah, if you didn't get a chance to talk to her at the barbecue, maybe ask. <laughs> Maybe ask Rhonda or Sandy about some of the details. <laughs> that's pretty steamy, man. She um, So that's like that's their thing. Then we finally have the Jake storyline, which I guess is the B plot, sort of, which is Jake kind of just floundering through life, I guess. I, I love this storyline. It is so insane. And, this, <laughs> and it's also 
the side note of this storyline is the government. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> just doesn't work. The whole thing. Jake has to go to the unemployment office to like fill out a form to pick up a check. He's too dumb to fill it out right. Thank so, you. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, he fills out a form. He brings it up to the guy. He had been waiting for a while, and the guy's like, well, you're supposed to fill out the back, too, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Why don't you go sit down, learn how to write, and then take it back to Windows C? And he's just so mad about it that eventually, once he gets back to this dude's window, he sees there's a problem with this one uh, other woman who's there trying to collect a check. So he decides... I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to assault this government worker right now. Whoa, 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 buddy. Since when does paper have a back? (laughs) Huh? You you tell me. Who am I supposed to know that? I've you know I've been I've uh, I've been on unemployment a couple times in my life. It was always online, so I never had to go to the unemployment office. And you know I I understand uh, Jake's frustration here a little bit, but but my my uh, allegiance to failing bureaucratic agencies uh, <laughs> is trumped by my hatred for uh, mimbos and leather jackets who can't fucking read. You know what I mean? Like it says <laughs> it says the two sides, and then like yeah, when he. He's arguing with this uh, this unemployment guy who looks like the dude from Rocky Horror Picture Show, by the way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, he definitely does. <laughs> but, and they cast this guy to be like, look at how disgusting people are that work for the government. Exactly. And he's like... Um, yeah, the Richard O'Brien, by the yes, way. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. And it's like, oh, you know... Um, this woman can't get her check, which sucks, but it's because she changed addresses and it's going to take two weeks. He's like, but the check's right there, man. And it's like, well, no, it's not. It's just, that's not how this works. Well, maybe it'll work if I just grab it from you. That's the thing, though, is like the check is sitting right there. And that's what he takes off the guy's desk and he like gives it to the woman. And then the guy comes out and is like, hey, something, something, red tape. And he, like, that's what he gets in the fight with the dude. And he gets arrested. And I mean, like, this would be. This isn't a misdemeanor. Like they say later when Kelly, by the way, um, everybody's uh, Beverly Hills 902 no obligations. I think ended this episode because, or maybe not yeah. actually. No, I double, I double, I double checked it. This is it. Okay, it's like, oh yeah, we're um, everybody has to be back in this episode, and like Kelly shows up, and Kelly has to bail him out when he gets arrested. I'm like, well, Missy, he was disturbing the peace at the unemployment. No, 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 no. He assaulted an, uh, you know, a, a, a government agent. He's going away for yeah. a little while. And there's a mention of priors, and she's like, what's that? And they're like, well, that's uh, prior arrests. And it's just like, oh, what? okay, I'm just going to let this high school girlfriend of his. Wait. To, I mean, just add another <laughs> charge. Wait, exactly. Wait, 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 wait. My bad boy is a bad boy? No. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just kind of funny because there's like she's talking to this um, officer at the jail about the bail situation and everything. And when she doesn't know about what priors mean or whatever, this lady's like, turns out your boyfriend has led a colorful life. Yeah. And I also, can I get your ID, ma'am, if you're trying to bail him out, by the way? Like, oh, oh you're fucking 16? One more charge. And also, Steve, I had I had a question right here related to 90210. Please. What is Kelly's money situation here? Because her credit card gets turned down for the bail. 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's just sort of a thing where, like, it was max. She probably has a, ma- a max limit. A thousand bucks is a lot more than than it is now. She's rich. She's totally I, rich. Well, I think it's also like a, a coded joke of women be shopping. Oh, right. Yeah, she she bought too much lipstick. Oh, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's why you can't gotcha. bail out the bad boy. <laughs> and he comes out <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, thanks for bailing me out, you jerk." And like, he again, he's making this scene and. Much like um, at the end of last episode of Beverly Hills 902-0, if I'm in a police station with my 16-year-old girlfriend, I'm acting like there's a bomb in the room, and I just need to get out of here. Like, well, thank you very much. Uh, why don't we leave very quietly? Let's look at the ground while we do that. Hello, neighbor. <laughs> it's my niece. <laughs> um. Yeah, I love that when he goes back to her house later to apologize. Um, her, her house, by the way, we should talk about a little bit because yes, you, saw, you see the exterior here. And it, I love Kelly Taylor's house. It is the perfect marriage of a spaceship and a boat that I've ever seen. It's this <laughs> bizarre 90s architecture that I cannot get enough of. It looks pretty badass. Mm-hmm. And he comes back like to throw money in her face, basically. Well, she, no, he, earlier in the episode, he goes up to David and Donna have to be in this episode for no reason. And they're this like, is the dumbest thing of all time. They're like, oh, let's go some other place. Uh oh, here comes Jake. Uh, uh, Aaron, can I leave now? Are we good? <laughs> I have movie plans later. Can I, am I done? What I assumed this was, by the way, was Donna. And David are there with her, but Brian Austin Green is hilariously holding a big thing of flowers. I had assumed, because at the beginning of this episode, Kelly goes to Shooters, and she tells Sandy that she was just dropping by to let Jake know that her mother had her baby. That's right. So I assumed it was a thing where the 90210 gang was just heading to the hospital to see the baby. Yeah, you got you and, gotta see the baby. And, yeah, and David is just stuck... Holding these flowers while Steve Sanders goes to a fucking sexy barbecue. And then, like, Jake, in the scummiest move of all time, is like, hey, you know, I never asked you to bail me out for $1,000. Here's $200. i will get you the rest later. But stay out of my business. And I'm like, dude, you can only pull that move if you can pay them back in full. Exactly. Because you have you no can't... high horse here, sir. No, and you can't be using, like, tell-off language. <laughs> he hands her a- an envelope, and it's just full of, like, different little IOUs. <laughs> I mean, what he should be doing is telling her off and then not paying her back. I mean, That's... she needs to learn a lesson here. Mm-hmm. Something tells me she's not seeing the rest of that. No, movie. I was gonna say, uh, you know, uh, the outside of uh, the ha- Kelly's house is very nice, but you know, was also nice to see is the outside of what was the first Johnny Rockets, <laughs> dude. Yeah, what is that? There is a couple of great fucking L.A. exteriors here. The first one, though, I was like, man, all these neon lights. Boy, I miss being outside. And I'm thinking about like the great fucking montages and like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or something. And then I realized I was like. Oh wait, that first one's just a Johnny Rockets. <laughs> okay. When I'm when I get out of here, I'm gonna go listen to those guys sing about being happy and making burgers again. <laughs> Man, I fucking hated that restaurant. Never been. Awful. You're not missing a thing. Yeah. Not good. I, uh, so whatever. Like, yeah. Um, they kind of go. It's more will they, won't they? And he's like, "You're too old for. I'm too old for you." And even in the the Billy scene, he's like. Well, well, Billy, I'm just not good at taking my own advice, I guess. I'm just a weird <laughs> drifter and like just 
I don't know. Will I fuck this 16-year-old girl? Will I not? I don't know. I can't make that decision, man. Yeah, will I fuck a 16-year-old? Will I kill the president? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what goes on day to day. Hey, Billy, let me ask you something, neighbor to neighbor. You think I could ever take a life? <laughs> Follow-up question. If you think I could, do you think I already have? I mean, this guy can't even go to the fucking unemployment office without getting arrested. Like, this guy <laughs> is... The third question, is the canyon a good spot to, like, dump them bodies or what? Right into the mailbag. What, <laughs> what if I brought Donna and Kelly and killed them both? <laughs> it's me, Jake, a cool, sexy dude. Like, yeah, you're good. Like, he's like Ted Bundy good looking. I don't trust this guy at all. Like, this, yeah, this, this loner this guy, horse shit. He's definitely a murderer of some kind. Now, I still have never seen Luke Perry in 90210. Is he also a type of drifter murderer? No, he's a little, a poor little, what you'll call a poor little rich boy, mm. uh, which I think is actually the exact episode, a little tease for Monday's episode. It's It's pretty much poor little rich boy the episode. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like, you know, Sandy, like, offers him something. Like, they're trying to do something with them. Like, they can't figure out what to do with Sandy at all because she eventually doesn't matter. But it's like, I don't know, maybe she will or won't with Jake because they used to go out or whatever. And again, like, how old are any of these people? Because it, it seems like, quote, unquote, ancient history. Like, are we talking three months ago? Ten years? I think you're supposed to assume, like, man, you know, life in L.A. just goes so fast, man, that, like... Yeah, their long and storied relationship started like two months ago. Oh, dude, what if what if Jake has been living at Melrose Place since 1981? <laughs> <laughs> he got there during the coke boom. He rode that shit out. I'm the only one of you assholes who has met Mr. J in person, okay? <laughs> you know, I have to build the place. <laughs> you know, you used to be able to take a hot shower. And not have so when somebody flushed the toilet, it just kept on being a hot shower. Oh, Mike, <laughs> you're going, you're you getting pizza from Enzo's, man. I remember when that was six dollars a pie. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys later. Gonna <laughs> go date a sixteen year old girl. There's a photo of Jake at the uh, Melrose Place ball from 1922. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just totally like he's like in a sort of he's like hooking up like kind of on and off with the lady in the bathtub kind of sort of. <laughs> exactly. Oh, That's why he complains about the plumbing to uh, Michael uh, because it's uh, there's the old lady keeps coming out of the faucet. <laughs> well, yeah, look, she used to, she looks like rotten meat now, but she used to be a dime. I'm telling you. <laughs> Why, of course, Mister Hansen, you've always <laughs> been here. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. So I mean, that's kind of like he goes they, to her, he goes to her house at the end, and it's like, you know, I'm just I just want to be a good friend to you. Could we be good friends? I was like, yeah, you, we can, Jake. And and she like does this thing. It's like, I guess I was in the wrong too. No, you weren't. You're a you're 16, and b you bailed him out of jail. And then he's like, well, let's be friends and just you know ride out to the beach together. Like wrong, dude. Wrong. This is this is the fucking serial killer line of a lifetime because he <laughs> is like he's like, hey, 16 year old girl. Would you like to ride on my motorcycle out to the beach right now? And by the beach, I mean the beach that's connected to the fucking Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and oh, by the way, just a sweet cherry on top. It's a full moon out tonight. <laughs> a lot of monsters might be out. <laughs> but it's okay. fucked up. And then there's also a, a little capper with uh, Michael's the doctor, right? Yes, he yeah. is. Yeah. Him and Jake, like, trying to fix the plumbing together. And they sort of, like, um, re you know, like... They apologize to each other, but then 
He's trying to use now. First of all, this doctor shouldn't be fucking with the plumbing anyway. But he's trying to cut a pipe with a saw, and and Jake says, "You can't cut that with that. You need a sharper saw. I use. I got one in my my unit. I use for cutting bones. <laughs> I'll bring it out." Yeah, it looks like you're gonna need a saw that goes right through a spinal column. <laughs> no problem, Jake. Uh, by the way, that's not your real name. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> You know, killing kids is easier because the bones aren't hard as hard yet, you know? <laughs> Snap like twigs, they do. Oh, anyway, I'll help you fix the plumbing that I complained about. It just hit all these rotting corpses of Jake's. Because we never see the inside of Jake's room, by the way. We don't know what's going on in there. He does yeah, not have a roommate. Let in yet. Lampshades made out of skin. Allison goes in one day to like borrow some sugar. There's fucking chicken feathers all over the floor. <laughs> hey, sorry, man. I don't. I, I don't need a roommate because I, I pay seventy five bucks a month. I've got the old eighty two rate. Mister J and I go way back. <laughs> it's just full of mannequins. <laughs> fucking mannequins everywhere. Me oh, you might be wondering where Mister J is. Well, he's in here. He's my living room chair. <laughs> it's just a skeleton couch. <laughs> I love it. I would love to see that. It'd be great to to really just just go all the way. You're making this guy bad enough. He, that's a that's a real bad. You know, bad boys. Ted Bundy was the baddest of the boys. It's true. <laughs> He should have been the third uh, with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Someone Photoshop that, please. <laughs> Bad boys for the end of your life. So that's kind of, yeah, I mean, and like, you know, he rides off with Kelly. And I mean, like, they're, they're going to remain, quote unquote, friends. But I don't have any 16-year-old friends, and nor should I, because I'm an adult man. And that's how that shit goes. Dude, Steve, if we were hanging out one time mm -hmm. and you were like, oh, here's my friend, and it was just like a 16-year-old kid, mm -hmm. I would have to pull you aside immediately and be like, dude, dude, what is dude, happening? Dude, can, you, can I come down to the, uh, to the beach, too? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Eric, you were always the best with the sledge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of it. They, that's the end of the 90210 uh, sort of tie-in here. I don't I don't know if there's any ones that go on later. I guess we'll find out when we do all fucking 10 seasons of this through this quarantine. <sighs> I guess we'll just have to wait and see, as they say, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is, uh, so that's, yeah, that, that, that's where we are. That, this has been a week, another, yet another week of uh, <laughs> quarantine apps. Uh, you can check out, there's a ton of great stuff on our Patreon doc. Uh, on patreon.com slash we hate movies we will be doing the thing this month as a patreon exclusive episode we were doing animation damnation on gumby coming up there's going to be a gleep glossary on qui-gon Jin. now this is another man that failed to defeat a phantom menace so check <laughs> it out <laughs> tons of great stuff we've got the entirety of all and if you're binging because you're totally uh uh, uh quarantined you can check out our recaps on The Mandalorian and Picard. All recaps for both shows are up on our Patreon feed right this second. So that's going to do it. Uh, thank you all. I have been Steven Sadak. Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. Take it easy and remain indoors. That was a HeadGum Podcast.